This is Let's See What Happens, a free-form discussion to talk about anything and everything. If you don't want to be offended, don't listen. If you do want to be offended, there's a good chance you will be. I hope you like this one. Let's see what happens. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, March 24th. Today we're doing WTF Wednesday, episode six. Um, thank you for sending in your questions. I appreciate it. I'm going to get right into it for everybody. Question number one, did we really go to the moon? Uh, thank you for everyone that keeps sending in questions, especially some of these people that are sending in some uh, pretty goofy ones. They they make me have to think for a second because I I try not to really do any more than just write these questions out beforehand. So I don't really want to put too much thought into them. I want to try to answer them as much as I can off, off the cusp. And uh, for this one, did we really go to the moon? When I wrote it out, I was kind of laughing to myself because uh, I got to be honest with you, the stupidity that people have today does make me somewhat question uh, how gullible people can be because there are so many people out there that are, uh, for lack of a better word, ignorant. Uh, they just, they're just ignorant. They don't really have any other reason than they've never really had to struggle for anything in their life and they don't have to actually think for themselves. Someone will just do it for them or they can just Google it or what have you. Uh, I'm not trying to call out any one generation, but uh, I would say by far right now, we have some of the shittiest generations while in the past we've had some of the best. Generations. I apologize for the background noise. It's Knox banging into the table and everything. So He's wanting to go for a run this morning, and uh, he's just going to have to wait until I get done recording this. But uh, back to the question, did we really go to the moon? I do believe we went to the moon. I think that uh, that is a little too much of an elaborate hoax, even for back then, for us to be able, for them to be able to still have maintained it till now. Uh, I know people out there will argue, well, why haven't we been back, and why this, and why that? Here's at least in my opinion, here's what I truly believe is why do we need to go back to the moon? Seriously, why? It was only to beat the Russians in the first place, which we did. And then I think we got there and realized, oh yeah, there's, there's nothing here. I mean, there's no atmosphere around the moon. So like, you know how sometimes you'll see like a shooting star or something? That is usually some form of a meteor or something that is getting burned up in the ozone. They don't have that on the moon. That's why there's all those craters on the moon. So it, they talk about building a base on the moon. And so I'm sorry, I just, I don't see the reason behind it because one bad meteor storm or one meteor take out the whole thing in an instant and then you're back to square one. Like it, it's colder, you get, Obviously, you can't survive. There's no oxygen. So you're going to have to make sure that you have that supplied. And I know they have ways of generating that and stuff. Hence the space station, all that good stuff. But why would you want to? I don't know. So I, I do think we really went to the moon. I think people are like, oh, it was created in a studio and 
you know, this conspiracy theory of the, the flag not really flying. And trust me, I've, I've heard a bunch of them, but I, I think that people were just better and smarter back then. And that's why they were able to do it because now, uh, the technology is obviously there. I just, I think that, uh, we don't really have a reason to go back, so maybe that's why we haven't been back. But, uh, yeah, I think we went to the moon. So, moving on. I'm going to try to, after last week's episode, I really am going to try to limit most of my answers to five minutes at least because uh, I was kind of rambling on on some of that. So, question number two. Florida Gulf Coast Living. What's great and what sucks? Well... Uh, I'm guessing since you're asking me, you just want my opinion, and it is completely opinion-based, obviously, because some people may say certain things are great about Florida, and other people are going to say that it sucks. A lot of people that have lived down here their whole lives really don't like the heat. They really don't like the heat. I grew up up north in Indiana, and I very much would take the heat over the cold any day of the week. Is it ungodly, uncomfortably hot sometimes and humid and muggy down here? Yes. Yes, it is. But, again, the cold, it just, it makes me almost miserable because I, I don't know. I know that some people will say, well, you can always put more layers on, but you can't take more layers off. I, I disagree. I think I can take layers off. I can hop in a pool. I can hop hop in the ocean. Um, sometimes even that water is a little, little too warm. It doesn't cool you off necessarily. But I would think, God, we live in a time with air conditioning. And while that continues to run, I'm still going to pick the heat over the cold any day of the week. If I can go take a vacation anywhere, and I'm not saying that I won't ever go somewhere with snow, but top of my list is going to top out like tropical places, nice places to go. I'm not, I'm not looking to be cold ever again if I can help it. Um, if I'm doing something in the cold, that may be different. Like if I were to go snow, uh, like snowmobiling or snowboarding or skiing, okay, yes, I can, I can get on board with some of those things because they're an activity in the snow. But uh, definitely never want to live in the cold again. And I definitely don't don't want to have to deal with all the nonsense that goes around that shoveling snow and all that. Uh, some of the other great things about living in the Gulf Coast, again, being near the beach is great. I, we don't do it as often as we used to because we have a pool now. And that in itself is amazing that, again, a lot of people that don't live in Florida can't appreciate as often because the weather's so nice down here. Uh, even, even during the summer when you have those rainy afternoons, only rains for a little bit and then you can still hop in the pool so I, I think the weather is a huge plus I think uh, that it, it used to be it's getting a little different now but uh, it used to be really nice that for the most part when people were down here you only had to put up with that snowbird season for a little while when it was real busy and then it wasn't as busy most of the year like during a lot of the better months when it wasn't so uncomfortably hot and stuff you you know you were able to still have plenty of room to kind of roam around to move around without being so crowded but now when the snowbird season hits it gets insane down here that part is something that definitely sucks is the darn 
snowbirds, man, and the traffic. And the problem is now is a lot of these snowbirds are no longer, they're not just coming down for a little bit and going back. Some of them are staying year round. And then a lot more people are moving here because Florida is better than a lot of places. Uh, we definitely, you can see it right now with the whole, I won't get into it too much, the whole COVID thing where restrictions are less. Uh, we do have a lot more mm, lenient policies and laws on the gun rights and also the mask stuff. And there, there's just, the reason you see a lot of these these news articles about crazy people in Florida is because crazy people like the warm weather also. And that's why there's a lot of crazy people in California also, because it's nice there. It's nice weather. So I would say above all, uh, the nice thing about Florida or living on the Gulf coast is great weather. Caveat to that is one of the sucky things about Florida is the nice weather because it draws in the idiots and the crowds and all that good stuff. So that's, that's that there's, there's many more reasons, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get into all of them. And, uh, I think if you've never been come check out the Gulf coast, but just make sure you leave when you're done. We don't need any more people here. All right. Okay, question number three. What is your favorite cigar? Uh, this one's easy. I really like the uh, acid cigars from Drew Estate. Uh, my favorite right now is probably the Blondie Bellicuso. That one, the, uh, the torpedo shape makes it very easy for me to hold it in my mouth when I'm doing other activities, whether it's grilling out in the backyard or cleaning the pool or doing stuff in the garage. Uh, I smoke it a lot of times when I'm out on the range, if I'm doing some shooting and stuff. And I enjoy that cigar because it's kind of a sweet flavor. It's not too, it's a, it's a lighter cigar. It's not too heavy. So it's not going to get you all lightheaded or anything like that. And, uh, it's, I mean, knock on wood. I, I'm trying to think if I've ever had one. They're, they're very smooth smoking cigars. They burn right. They burn good. Uh, the Cuba Cuba, also very good. And uh, like I said, the only reason I prefer this Blonde Bellacusa right now is because of the torpedo shape. Um, I recently had another one from Drew Estate. It's called Leather Rose. Very good cigar also. It uh, has that sweet flavor that the Cuba Cuba has. And it's also a little bit darker. So it's a little, little more flavorful, and it's also torpedo shaped. So I really like that one as well. But uh, for my money, if I'm gonna go buy a bunch of cigars, it's probably gonna be the Blonde Bellicuso. So if you're looking for a new cigar to try, I recommend that one. All right, that one is short and sweet. Uh, question number four. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, thank you for who sent this in. I know who you are, and uh, I appreciate I had to reword it a little bit, but uh, I am going to answer it. If you had to eat a human, what race would it be and why? Okay. There was a little bit more to this question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave, leave some of that to the imagination of the listeners. But uh, if you had to eat a human, what race would it be and why? Surprisingly enough, we, several of us have had this conversation before, so I'm not surprised to hear this question, but uh, 
it does make you think. I don't know why it makes you think, but if, God forbid, you know, you go down in a plane crash or something and you have a selection of, you know, people that you have to eat to survive and there's several different races, what, which one would be the first, all right? Let's assume for, you know, moral and ethical reasons, you don't even have to kill said person, okay? Let's just say that they are already dead, but you have to eat them. Say, say you crashed on a mountain, it's freezing cold, you have no way of getting down, and that's your only food source, all right? You don't wanna be a cannibal, you gotta be a cannibal to survive, and you have multiple bodies that are still relatively fresh because it's cold enough, so you have, to, you have to figure out not only how to cook them, but uh, also which race you're going to pick first. Um, man. <sighs> if I, I got to be honest with you, it kind of also depends on if I knew any of them. Uh, and not like in the sense like, oh, I don't want to eat my friend. I'm thinking more along the lines of like, I kind of know what, want to know what their diet was like. I think that could definitely affect the meat. I mean, any hunter will tell you that for the most part, one of the best things about eating certain types of bear, depending on the season and stuff, is, you know, they have a different taste because of whether they were eating, they'd just been eating a bunch of fish or they've been storing up, storing up snacking on berries. So I would say... That uh, that if that if I knew someone's eating habits, that would probably make a determination as well. But I'm gonna go with man. I would say a Hispanic person would probably be my first choice. I think that for the most part, they're usually most Hispanic people are usually uh, good workers, hard workers. They they're. They've got the right kind of build that I don't think they're going to, their fat to muscle ratio is going to be kind of what you're looking for in terms of, you know, what you want to eat. And also, I, I love, I love like Mexican food. Mexican food's great. And Hispanic people tend to eat pretty good food, flavorful food. So I can't help but think that maybe that wouldn't affect the taste a little bit. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with Hispanic of some kind. I think uh, a you know, Latino uh, person's gonna be first on my list. That's, that's probably, and, and I don't, you know what's weird is even saying it, I don't really feel that it's a racist statement. I feel like it's definitely just one of those things where, hey, you have to do it to survive. You're gonna choose what you're gonna choose. I think based on that, I'm, yeah. That's what I'm going with, Hispanic. So that's the answer to my quest to the question. And uh, thank you, Jackass, that sent in this question. I know who you are, and I will have to have you on here to answer the question yourself one time and uh, explain your reasoning. So thanks for that. Okay, so question number five. Like I said, this one is a little more serious and probably the most important one to go over today it says it's two parts what do you think of the colorado mass shooting video with the civilian doing nothing and what do you think civilians should do in that situation so for anyone that hasn't seen the video basically what it is is 
uh, individual is at the mass shooting site of this recent Colorado shooting and he is recording people that are down in the in the parking lot and in the store itself and they're he's he's literally holding his phone recording saying call someone should call 911 at no point he it, he actually has see some people coming out of the store and he's like is this is is this an active shooter and they said and they go yes and then he's recording inside the store like he's stepped inside the store he's recording people that are down injured and potentially dead but potentially just injured and shots be fi- shots are being fired in the back of the store and he's go he goes oh my gosh someone should call 911 this individual whoever he is if i could talk to him in person i would if he wants to ever contact me i'd be happy to hear his excuse but that person is what is wrong with society okay that person is a piece of human garbage I'm not saying that you have to be a hero and you have to run at the shots and try to go take this person out. I'm not even saying you have to try to save all these people that you see are down. But for you to continue recording dead, potentially injured people that you could actually be trying to help and saying something as ignorant as someone should call 911, you are what is wrong with society. You truly are. You should seriously get help because there is something wrong with you. I don't know if people think when they're holding their cell phone, it's like a moat filled with alligators that protects them from the rest of the outside world because they're looking at this little screen and they think that it somehow is like a bulletproof shield that covers the rest of their body. And I'm not talking about just in this situation. I'm talking about in general, dealing with other things in life. Crappy situations occur all the time that people would rather just pull out their phone and record then do something right, all right? Morally and ethically, as a fellow human being, it is on you to try to help some of those people. I'm not saying running into harm's way and trying to protect these people or trying to stop this year, especially if you don't have a firearm. You're not gonna go in and stop this guy with your words, all right? You're not gonna be able to throw something at him and stop this from happening. I'm not saying that. I am saying, though, that you as a fellow human being should try to do something better than recording people dead or dying and saying something so ignorant as someone should call 911. It's not that I don't think that someone had already called 911 at that point. It's just that try to do something, do something to better the situation and not make it worse. All right. Yeah, I, I, I just ugh, it it aggravated me so much when I watched that video. It really did for many reasons, but the, probably the biggest one being that that guy was literally doing nothing. He was doing nothing. It was disgusting. Okay. Um, if I find out later, and I would love for this to be the the way it actually happened that the video stopped because the guy went and actually did start helping people I will recant my previous statements because there's a very good chance in that sort of situation in that heightened state maybe that was just his instinctual thing to do and then he realized oh my gosh what am I doing I need to call 911 or I need to go try to help these people I hope to God that is what happened I hope that's why the video got cut off 
okay? However, I don't think that a lot of people did try to help, okay? There's certain people out there that will gladly go into harm's way. All law enforcement should be those people. There's, there's former military vets. And then there's just regular, everyday people that have mentally prepared themselves in way better ways than most to deal with a situation like this. So what do I think civilians should do in that situation? Just everyday average Joe citizen that is out at the grocery store and runs into something like this. Uh, If you are carrying a concealed weapon and you are trained with that weapon, you are comfortable with that weapon, I hope that you have mentally prepared yourself for a situation like this. A lot of people that carry a, a firearm on their own free time, they do it for protection. I, again, applaud you. I hope that you're also doing the necessary training to be proficient with that firearm, uh, to be ready to use it. And I hope that uh, you take it seriously, the weight upon which that that responsibility is on you, okay? A lot of people will do it for their family, to protect their family, themselves, great. If you're involved in a situation like that and you are not comfortable with, say you're, say you're in the store, but you're nowhere near the shooting and you have the ability to get out, get out, okay? You don't need to be a hero. That's not, that is not your responsibility, all right? Your responsibility is to protect yourself and your family, okay? Get them out the door or get yourself to a room where you can barricade it. Right. This goes back to the the principles of uh, was it code reds at schools. You lock yourself in a room and you stay there until help arrives. Okay. Not everybody can do something. That's for sure. But the things that you can do to help mitigate your risk are getting to a safe spot where there isn't shooting going on. And then barricading yourself in that room and calling 911 to let them know where you are. All right. For those that are law enforcement, for those that are former military, for those that are mentally prepared as well as physically prepared or believe that they are, have done the training to get themselves in a ready state to be able to potentially deal with this sort of situation, what you need to do, whether you're a civilian, uh, off duty law enforcement officer, a former military vet, current military, or just, again, a citizen that has made it a point in their life to go out there and better, whether you take a sheepdog response class or you go to the range regularly and you have the right mindset and you're going to be one of those three percenters that are ready to protect our country and our way of life against all enemies, foreign and domestic, then what you need to do is, as hard as it may be, you're going to have to try to stop the threat before you can really render aid to any injured, okay? Because the reality is, especially in a store, uh, a building, uh, a mall, it doesn't really matter, especially any setting where a mass shooting could occur, the very real possibility is the shooter will circle back around. He will make rounds of the whatever the facility is that he's in. He will make rounds if able to. He's not going to necessarily just keep going in one direction. Okay. 
mainly because he'll be limited by the building itself. So as much as you may want to help someone, and if you're, again, if you're someone that you're just, you're close to the door, you're able to get out, and on your way out, you see someone that's, you know, shot in the leg or shot in the arm, and you are able to help get them out and get them to safety, that is your role in this situation. And it's huge. That's so huge. That's so important. That's why I personally think whether you are a firearm enthusiast or not, a concealed carry person, any of that stuff, I think that it is relatively important for everybody. And I'm not saying everybody's going to do this. There's a lot of people that will carry a mini first aid kit on them in some way, in some capacity, uh, especially uh, women have the capability of doing this with a purse. Uh, it's very, and I know a lot of guys carry backpacks now. It's very easy to do. You can get these med kits online. Um, check out some of the different places that offer them. I know Sheepdog Response is one of them. Fieldcraft Survival. They have a good setup kits by guys that know what they're doing. They know what's important. They know what's necessary in a kit like that. And uh, check those out and get them from them because they've been in these situations before not necessarily mass shootings but they've been in shooting situations before and they know what is most crucial to have in that kit so look it up online do your research and get one like that and if you don't want to carry it on your person that's fine and you can keep it even in your vehicle just imagine in that video for anyone that hasn't watched it go online and watch it and uh, prepare to be disgusted not just because of obviously the mass shooting but because of the way in which that idiot, that jackass holding the phone was handling it. But uh, imagine if he could have, if he had one of those kits in his car and he could have gotten any one of those down people that he was filming to his car and started rendering first aid to them until first responders arrive. Uh, It it just could have changed the whole outcome for probably some of those people. As far as I know, I think at least 10 were dead from the shooting. So it could, have, it could have seriously changed that outcome for some of those people potentially. Um, again, to Monday morning quarterback, that guy, when I didn't see the whole video, I don't know the whole situation, is probably a little rash of me. But from what I saw so far, and everybody else does it, so why the fuck not? I'll say it. That, that was fucked up. Um, but uh, as a civilian, if you really want to be prepared for a situation like that, you need to know that anytime you go anywhere in public, Uh, You need to be prepared for a situation like this. And it could just be running, especially if you're with your family. If If you've got kids and you're with your family and something like this goes down, your instinct should be to grab your kid. Obviously, it's going to be dependent. If they're, you know, 14 years old, you're maybe not going to pick them up, but you're going to grab them. You're going to put hands on them so that they don't get lost in the shuffle of the chaos. And you guys are going to move away from the shots being fired. And like I said, if you can't get out of the building or the facility, you're going to need to barricade yourself. All right. Um, for the other people that are just on their own, have some sort of, and even those people have some first aid on you. What if, what happens if you or your, your loved one takes a, takes an injury from this shooting, but you're able to still get away and then barricade yourself. How important would it be for you to have maybe if you don't have the first aid kit on you, having some first aid experience so that you could potentially use stuff around you to render aid to your loved one or yourself, okay? Uh, I think that people that ask this may have been thinking like, oh, I was gonna be a huge advocate, like, hey, go get a gun, learn to protect yourself. That way when the shooting happens, you can go after the bad guy. No, listen, if I, 
I really don't think that that's a good idea in a lot of ways. I think that a lot of people, they want to help, but the reality is if they're not prepared physically, mentally, and ability-wise to handle this situation, if all you've done is stood on a range, let's even say once or you know, once every couple of weeks and shot at a paper target and you're just standing still shooting at a paper target and I'm not trying to knock those people at all. I think that there's something to be said for people just putting in the trigger time and being being ready to go. Absolutely, that's that's important too. But I think that there is much more important things to be doing also to help prepare yourself for this situation. And one of those is moving and shooting, uh, being able to find the the difference between cover and concealment to actually put yourself in the right advantage tactically uh, to be able to take someone like this out. As far as I know, the guy was, he wasn't like one of those guys that really prepared for this by putting on bulletproof vest and, you know, any a bunch of types of Kevlar and a helmet and having a bunch of rounds on, you know, multiple, multiple reload magazines and all that stuff. He, he wasn't prepared. I think he was in it, if I remember, from what I read, he was in like basically boxer shorts and I don't even think he was wearing shoes and he wasn't wearing a shirt. So this guy, probably crazy, potentially on drugs, who knows, but uh, there's more coming out on it. So uh, we might touch base with this at another time. But reality is, is if you are just carrying your concealed firearm, unless you're directly threatened by this guy, don't engage if you're a civilian. Don't. That's not your responsibility, okay? Unless you feel it is, something that you can stop, don't, okay? Protect yourself, protect others, protect your loved ones, okay? That is the most important thing as your, as your role in that situation. Don't pull out your phone and start recording and say something like, someone should call 911, okay? Try to help others. If the shooting is still going on, it is important for the shooter to be stopped in order for you to continue helping others, okay? Can't stress that enough. However, for my former military guys, uh, law enforcement, you know, and I don't think I have to, I think I'm preaching to the choir when I say this, it's your responsibility to stop that threat. I don't care if you're off duty. I don't care if you're retired. I don't care if you are a veteran. It is your responsibility to neutralize that threat any way you can. Something to keep in mind, though, especially for my former vets and uh, even my off-duty law enforcement. Let's say you neutralize that threat. Do not get so caught up in the OODA loop of having just done that that you don't forget that there is a very, very, very high probability that law enforcement is already on its way or already on scene responding to an active shooter situation. You need to put down your firearm as quickly as possible. Holster it, whatever it may be, but you need to then, if you've now neutralized the threat, it would probably be very indicative of you to get on your phone, call 911, say, hey, I just neutralized the threat. I am wearing this, 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 and this. I'm going to be standing here with my hands in the air when law enforcement arrives. Tell them not to shoot me, okay? Because you have to realize these these. Officers are responding to an active shooter. 
they may not they may already themselves be a little bit at a heightened state that maybe they aren't able to read the screen and see that hey shooter is wearing this shooter is wearing that they might only have the initial white male shooter and guess what i'm a white male and if i shoot this guy and the cops show up and i'm holding a gun in my hand they just see that i just shot they may not see who i shot guess what they're going to shoot me okay also know this and please don't be an idiot and get upset about this there's a good chance you're going to be put in handcuffs okay it could be clear as day that you shot and killed the shooter I would be willing to bet big money if I was in that situation, I'm still going to put the person that I come into contact with that just shot somebody in handcuffs for everybody's safety until we figure out exactly what's going on. Because a lot of times there's more than one shooter. A lot of times people can be very amped up after a situation like that. And you have to be prepared to handle what's coming next. Guess what's going to happen next? You're probably going to be put in handcuffs. You're going to be interviewed. You're going to... Listen, if you did the right thing, you have nothing to be worried about. Don't get upset. Just know that the cops are doing their job, okay? Trying to make everybody safe. So that, to me, is what I think is probably the most important to take away from this whole mass shooting is that a few things. Don't do nothing. Never do nothing. That is not the answer to anything, doing nothing that's not the answer in this situation okay uh protect yourself protect your loved ones if you're able to help and protect others great okay but take the time to seriously consider getting some sort of first aid kit whether it be on your person in your purse in your backpack in your vehicle And then also mentally prepare yourself for a situation like this. Be a little more cognitive of, hey, where are exits at in this store? Hey, what are my egress and ingress routes and all that stuff? Be aware of what cover and concealment is. Look it up. Try to understand where it would actually be protective of you to hide if you needed to hide. Okay? Be aware of all of that. Uh, I kind of went a little long on that one and I apologize, but I think it's a very important one. And uh, I just want to thank you guys so much for listening. I got to get going. I got to get to jujitsu. But uh, I can't thank those people that send in questions enough. Please keep them coming. It makes this much easier and much more fun. So thank you guys for listening. And I hope everyone has a good day.